Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. And this is our marvelous review of Shang-Chi and the Legends of the Ten Rings. When you got that glow, you know. It's a different movie. (laughs) Spoiler alert, just in case you haven't seen it. So you can go watch it in the theaters. You can go to the drive-in or you can wait and know Eric on... Disney Plus in two months. Okay, man. Uh, we just saw Iron Fist reboot. <laughs> you know what? I, I, I can't argue that because I was in the theater thinking, I'm like, man, this is what Iron Fist could have been. In many aspects, correct. Just the core, the story of the uh, of the character, like the background story and what they did. It felt like they took from Iron Fist and just threw it in here. My issue is, well, there's no issue on that aspect because, again, Marvel has done it. They have blended many characters into one to tell a story. And we've seen that since Iron Man came out. For here, first of all, I enjoyed the movie. A nice representation in the Asian community. Kind of like how the Black Panther movie did for the black community. Shang-Chi was that for the Asian community. It wasn't as well received, though. What was not? Uh, it got a lot Shang-Chi? of flack. Yeah, Shang-Chi got a lot of flack about the well, Asian community. I, I know a lot of people did love it that were Asian. And I know some people, it's like, okay. Yeah. Now, granted, when we saw it, we saw it at the drive-in. Mm. And I got distracted. I guess I used to seeing films, movies at our home. No distraction in the sense of people talking or turning on their phones. Or in this case, in our drive-in. People, while parked, still had their headlights on, hitting the screen. So a couple of times I had to get out of the car and like tell them to turn off the lights. So that aggravation mm-hmm. happened. So that kind of took me away in that aspect. And then also the light, I'm sorry, the headlights hitting the screen, you can't really see when stuff was dark. It takes away the detail. Right, like the fighting outside the building on the scaffolding, you know, I couldn't really see. I was like dark, I was like... I was having trouble making out the details. And my main issue is, is that I grew up, and I think you did, I think you read some of my comics, of the original Shang-Chi comics, Deadly Hands of Kung Fu, where that story was influenced by, hugely by Bruce Lee, James Bond films, the Mission Impossible show at that time. Books then was more like espionage type of stories with martial arts in it and how Shang-Chi was represented in that he lived the life of a martial artist, but almost like a, a Buddhist. Very tranquil. He fought for the side of peace and side of good. And I mean, like here, as you can see, I still have him. Like, this is how I remember him. With the big red gi with a yellow trim, with the headband and with the gold, uh, silver gauntlet, excuse me, the silver gauntlets. That's what I remember, the big yin and yang sign. I still have these, you know, the statue here. With his father, which was in the comics, was... Fu Manchu, but then I had to make it a little more politically correct. I don't know if you can see the Fu Manchu here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this, look, it's a beautiful statue. There you go, father. Yeah. I remember that differently. I know they did a reboot in the comics. I don't remember him having a sister. Oh, yeah. It's like multiple siblings now. Well, yeah. His father was a Rolling Stone. Yeah. But his father was pure evil in the comics. Like, he was the, well, he wasn't the Mandarin, but he wanted to rule the world. Yeah. And he didn't care who he had to step on, who he had to take out of his way. And his son in the comics was one of those people that was in his way. So he sent assassins Mm -hmm. to kill his son. Now, this is in the comics. Here is different. In the movie, they sent assassins. They weren't really assassins. Well, they are assassins, but they were there to get him. If not him, the gems that he and his sister had. They were henchmen. Now, do you know Saimu Lu? Have you seen him before in other works? Honestly, no. I know him from from the series called Kim's Convenience, which is currently playing on Netflix. And Mm. then he had a little stint on Fresh Out the Boat on the last season. He wasn't a total unknown. When I saw him here, it seemed like the same character he played in Kim's Convenience. It was kind of like Will Smith playing being Will Smith in all his movies. What did you like? First of all, I did like that. I, I like the fact that like they actually what? put it in theaters first rather than going uh, to theater and streaming. I think they learned our lesson with the Black Widow situation. Well, yes. That's probably what they did. Uh, and I hope they did. And, you know, a lot of people were arguing that this is more of an experiment. That's why they chose to do it this way versus the other way and see what would bear better results. Some people will make the argument that this is a better film. I make the argument that it forces people to want to go see it and rather wait. Because they know there's going to be spoilers and there's going to be stuff if they wait. Which happened to me when I accidentally went on YouTube before going to drive-in. I was yeah. like, damn it! Very true fact. Even if it's going in the theaters, there's still going to be spoilers. So you you can yeah. imagine, like, when Black Widow came out, 
boom, everything was hitting the thing, uh, hitting the wall. I saw this. Two weeks ago? Yeah, about two, two and a half weeks ago. Actually, a lot further than that. I got a privilege of a sneak preview. It was in theaters. I know some people that they had to get the code download to stream it, but I got to see it in theaters. So I got the theater experience where you got the drive through. But mine was, it was with other people that are there to watch the film. So I didn't get that experience of your standard theater experience where people are like, you know, talking, tossing around, doing stuff. Everybody's like really quiet, really focused on the movie. But I digress. Basically, mostly I like the fight scenes. The humor was good in certain aspects. And I'll get to that. But well, let's let's focus on the fight scenes first. I, yeah. OK. So the, the choreography was done by the late Brad Allen. He was one of Jackie Chan's students in the stunt world. If you watch Jackie Chan films, he makes an appearance as one of the henchmen or what have you, but he had a big role in the movie Gorgeous where he played against Jackie Chan as a fighter. And it's, it's a good fight scene, actually. Great fight scenes, uh, yeah. both of them, the, the, the one they both had together. But, you know, he's wearing black, Jackie Chan's wearing white, mm-hmm. and you know, the two contrasts. And he's shorter than Jackie Chan. Which yeah, is like, he's not a tall wow. guy, but he's well, he quick. Wasn't. He wasn't. He Unfortunately, he passed away about two weeks ago. Ooh, that's a shame. In the film, this is, it gives a tribute to him. I don't know if you caught that. It gave a tri- Maybe not, because probably when... You saw it. I don't think it happened yet. I don't think he passed away. No. Yeah, there was a tribute to him right at the end before the, the rolling credits. Fight scenes were awesome. People tell me it's just like a Jackie Chan film. And it's like, I have to disagree. The way they move was more of, of Jackie Chan's class brother, Yen Biao. The way Yen Biao moved in his films was exactly that way, especially on the scaffolding. That scaffolding scene, I think that's where people are really confusing the Jackie Chan moment because the scaffolding scene make, gave me the vibes of Rush Hour 2 where yeah. uh, where they're fighting on the scaffolding. It, it, there's a lot of parallels that are there. Yeah, I understand that, but in the sense of how the choreography was done, the, the tempo, the fighting, is very reminiscent of Yan Biao. Now, the, the jacket scene on the bus, I can see Jackie Chan doing that because he's done with it, using his jacket as a weapon to defend us like that. But I just, the pace, the tempo, it was more of, like I said, Yen Biao. If you saw Knockabout, Eastern Condors, mm, okay. the movie where he's in it is, is he's pretty damn good. It's, it's, he'll use like the, the steps, the ladders, the, the uh, scaffolding in, in those films. Like he'll just, he's just moving all around. And that's what I, I saw that. There also, um, I would say it felt like there was, and you'll know what I'm talking about. There was moments where it's kind of like giving tribute to like movies like hero or, Oh yeah. Like House of flying daggers or like, uh, obviously crouching, crouching tiger. tiger hidden yeah. Dragon. That, that's a given. That's when it went from like being like more modernist, uh, martial art film, like, like we're mm-hmm. talking about to mm-hmm. more stylized, romanticized, martial arts and oddly enough that was more around the halfway point like when it shifted into that style i would yeah I would dare when, say. They went, when they went to the, the mother's home yes for being a martial arts-esque marvel film i expected more martial arts it had it started off good in the first act bam started yeah. off strong with the martial arts and then the second act ugh. yeah i agree with that that was probably it, hurt by a lot of the hype that was out there because a lot of people were like oh it's supposed to be like mortal kombat it's supposed to be like kumite whatever well um, people had that yeah. the way the trailer was done yeah that's what you thought and then you watch it and you're like no but it still had good fights but the mm-hmm. fight styles and the way it was going it was like like you said it oh. went from one to the other and t- kind of took away i think from it by doing that how so like you said when it started out the the bus scene fire mm-hmm. that was really good and then it started going into like the other uh, scenes and starts going. Then when it starts going in the flashbacks and then when it starts going into the more, the only way I can say this is Crutch and Tiger style, which is beautiful and in its own right and really good. That's when it starts getting more takes fantasy away. and takes away the intensity of the fight scenes. I agree. Yeah. You lose the urgency. It's one thing if you're watching the entire film like that, because then you're like, okay, this is the mood. But now you're changing the mood as you're fighting. Or if you started out that way and got more intense, then I would have been like, whoa. One of my problems were after watching the movie and I you know, did some research in sense of martial arts, stuff like that. I mean, it was obvious that Tai Chi was one of the major parts yeah. used, especially on the female side. I agree. And the way they moved it, it reminded me of Jet Li in Tai Chi Master. And Jet Li was a big proponent of Tai Chi in his movies. And how the mother moved was similar to that in the sense like 
she'll just come out with a shaking the shoulders and getting in position and then moving around. I could see Jet Li do it, even though Jet Li was not the choreographer, excuse me, but I saw it. Then they were saying that the father's side was Wing Chun or Shang-Chi's side was Wing Chun, which I didn't see it. I didn't see that either. It was kind of like how... They were saying it for Cole in Mortal Kombat. That he claimed that the fight he had with Goro was using Wing Chun. And I've practiced Wing Chun. I didn't see it. In this movie, I rarely saw it. There are no roundhouse kicks. Their, their kicks are usually, to the for the most part, for the majority of part, is from the hip down. Because Wing Chun is made, the two stories, is made by a woman, Priestess mm-hmm. Nun. Or it was made for a woman. So the, the regardless of the exact origin, a woman was involved. It was made for the woman, the woman warrior. Well, just to bring that full circle, like there is a Wing Chun movie that's about the origin of Wing Chun starring Michelle, Michelle Yao. Yao. I remember uh, as I was watching the film, I'm like, oh, damn, Michelle Yao. Yeah, okay. And she, I remember watching but, Wing Chun. But to go with that also, here's another thing. This is her second Marvel film. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Oh, yeah. She was one of the Ravagers. Right. So I'm thinking because I thought that Disney and Marvel had in their contract that their actors cannot play multiple characters or definitely they can't go to another company like DC to shoot. This is the second time. No, third. Because you have the girl from Captain Marvel. Uh, She's now in Eternals. I want to say Gemma. I can't remember her last name. But she's in Eternals now. Mm-hmm. You have New Blade. Yeah. He was Cottonmouth. That one, they'll probably give a loophole because I don't think they're calling... The same universe. Yeah. I don't care. It's the same. I'm sorry. No. no <laughs> like, I know I know what you the mean. Defenders. They're the Defenders. You know, they're part of the Defenders. They're like the low-key Avengers. But to bring it back to Michelle Yeoh, the martial yeah. arts style, the father was reminding me, uh, what was the movie with the man with the iron rings? Kung Fu Hustle. Yeah, Kung Fu Hustle. The man with the iron rings and Kung Fu Hustle. Absolutely. His fighting style and technique. Hungar. It was it's very strong. It's very... It's very powerful. So my issue was you have the mother who's doing Tai Chi, a very soft style, the way to use the opponent's energy against themselves. Mm-hmm. So is Wing Chun. It makes no sense to have two soft styles. Now, granted, we have Ip Man movies where we saw a male use Wing Chun, very strong and direct and effective. Yeah, but it did not look like this. No. Yeah. Again, if you notice that there's no, the kicks to the face in Wing Chun is very, is a front kick. But with the the toe going out, the heel, mm-hmm. more of the heel coming out, and when you when you grab the arms, you're pulling your opponent into your kick. It's very close. It's fast, close combat. And the stance is is different too, because the stance is to represent a woman. The knees are in, the the toes are pointed in, the heels are out, like as if they're fighting wearing the long skirt. Mm-hmm. And they learn how to move with the skirt on, and it's very direct. There's some circular motions. But it's very direct. You, you angle the size. You have some la sao. You have some chi sao. And I didn't see no sticky hands. I saw a little bit of sticky hands, but it was more of the tai chi aspect. That part, again, I was like, why would the father or Shang-Chi both have soft styles when the mother's out when it's more like a yin and yang opposites? Yeah. Right? So that's my biggest issue in the sense that you're saying Wing Chun, but I didn't see true Wing Chun. And true Wing Chun, as we saw through the Ip Man films with Donnie Yen. Intense. In, but beautiful. But you have him doing jumping sidekicks. He's doing all these um, roundhouse and spinning kicks. The, like the hammer strikes down. So I was like, mm, okay. But overall, the fight scenes are still good. And setting aside the fight scenes. Because really, we could talk about that even longer. Yeah, of course. Yeah. I did like the certain performances. When I say the humor, it was because of the surprise guest appearance. Who's the surprise guest? Ben Kingsley. Oh my God, Trevor. Oh, he's an actor. He's an actor. actor. I won the Mobo with my performance. That's what I found out by accident on YouTube. I was like, motherfucker. Oh, I tried to, I tried, I was like, I almost slipped up and almost told you about it. I'm like, no, I'm going to keep my mouth shut. That's a good, I mean, granted, that's a good spoiler. Granted, we know if you watched Iron Man 3, you would know that. If you saw the short film, yeah. Which they aired when uh, this movie premiered, it aired too. It was like, oh, hello, red alert, hello. Oh, no, the, the short film aired years before. No, I know, but they put it on Disney Plus. Oh, they re-released it, yeah, yeah. So we saw it. Yeah, he was awesome. Again. He's still a show comedy wise. Honestly, come on. Like Honestly, he was he was uh, the funniest guy. No, he was right. Aquafina, awesome as well. She was good. I mean she Aquafina's being Aquafina. Yeah, and but that, that's the biggest good. thing I heard about it. She wasn't something new. Now I find this hysterical in the aspect of Aquafina was the voice of the last dragon and Rhea and the last dragon. True. And what do we have at the end of the movie? 
a dragon. <laughs> Pretty much the same built. So I was like, okay, all right. I see that's. I guess that's a big Easter egg itself, right there. But I feel like the dragon that... is new, though. I don't remember seeing that. Dra- uh, like I no. The Dweller right. in Darkness I thought was new too, but I found out the the Dweller in Darkness, the big bad, was actually a thing from Mar- the the Ooh. the big monster. Oh, to me, I don't feel I feel that was not needed. It was not needed, but it is a cool Easter egg in the sense like I I didn't know this at first, but I did a little research. Apparently, that's a character that's involved with Galactus, and like it is like a character that is mm-hmm. part of the reason why Galacticus exists. Um, it consumes universes and life and stuff like that. But I agree, was not needed. It felt like overkill, and it drowned out what was what was good of the movie. But let, let's continue with what's good, and we'll go into that. Well, Easter eggs galore. The tie-in, the Black Widow film that had a widow mm-hmm. there. Uh, her name was Widow in the credits at, at Madripoor. No, it wasn't Madripoor because it was in Hong, it was in Hong Kong, wasn't it? I think it was Madripoor. I th- I, I don't I can't remember. It could be Hong Kong, but I think it was. I thought it was Madripoor. I thought like that's the tie into the Falcon and Winter Soldier. Because uh, there, oh, there's a flag when Shang Chi comes out to fight there. There's yeah. a flag of Madripoor. Oh, uh, okay. So I'm not sure if that's like either saying that's them or that's that's where they're at or that's one of the c- countries are being represented at that arena. So I'm not really sure about that. I mean, there's a reference to um, Endgame. There's also a reference to. Iron Man 3, besides Ben Kingsley. Ben Kingsley. <laughs> besides him, there is another reference to Iron Man 3. When they're first walking into the same place and they're having all the uh, you know, super-powered fighters. Oh, yes. Yeah, there's the, a scream. That's, that's the, the widow's fighting him. Yeah, exactly. Also, um, jumping around here, the Easter egg. When the Mandarin is going over, I'm a man of many names. Who did I remind you of? I mean, it was a good moment. I I, I forgot the moment. Uh, Kang. Oh. When Kang going to Loki, I'm a man of many names. I'm the I'm the conqueror. I'm the destroyer. That scene. So when he was doing, it, was like they're taking it directly from Loki. But Kang did it better. No doubt about it. But it was just still a good moment because he's like, it's so funny that <laughs> people are afraid of an orange. Right. Also, like there's like he's been in the shadows watching everything because they show it on the screens of Iron Man One. Yeah. When you see Tony Stark, even though the Ten Rings is still the same, the middle was different. I guess it, it, it represents the location of each section. He could. Because you have, you know, for the Mandarin, it's the, the twin hooks. But in Iron Man, there are sabers. Well, that might have to do more with what they're doing in the comics now. In the comics now, and that might be answered in the, in later movies, they might tie it in. The order that Shang Tsung's father ruled was the order of the hand or the house of the hand in the comics he was a member of like the five weapon uh society or five deadly weapon society so they changed his background to uh he became mortal because he was originally a good guy fighting for like the freedom and and the protection of the people of china and then like he got into sorcery he tried to save his brother's life his brother in turn didn't want to sacrifice uh, his brother because he would have, he would have cost his life. So he sacrificed himself to save his own, his other brother. So he basically reversed the spell. You talking about the Mandarin here? Yeah, that's what I'm talking oh. about. And this is new in the comics. So it's like if I try to save you, you say no, and you reverse it and save me instead. I gained all your power. It multiplies. I become immortal. Is you know immortal like in turn, but I also become corrupted because of the power. Sounds like Jet Li is the one. Mm, yes, but without multiverse, just more. Right. Sorcery, but I basically, mean, there's the order of the hand, right? There's the order of the hammer, uh, the the dagger, the staff, the sword, and the hammer. You said that already. Did I say the hammer? Okay. There's another one. <laughs> I'm just forgetting but, it, but it right. exists. So the sickle the might hand, be one. Maybe the hammer. Like the hammer. The hand. That's Japanese though. That's for the ninjas. Not in this series. Like in this series, they say the hand because. Shang-Chi doesn't use weapons. He uses, He's barehanded, so he's been taught right. how to use the hand only. He's proficient yeah. with other weapons. It's just that his preferred choice is hand. Again, yeah. it, I'm theorizing oh. that that's what it could be. I just ordered uh, Shang-Chi books, the new ones, because I don't know how what they did with the update data version. Oh. I just I just know the 70s and 80s. I just love how that story came about because there was always tension with father and son, where the, the son is trying to take down the father 
and the father is trying to take down the son. I will say this in the current version, at least in the last few issues that I've read, the father's had already passed away and he's now like a spirit and it's more of a feud between him and his sister, which kind of ties that here. At the end, the second post credit scene, we see that happening where she is now the new Mandarin. Essentially, uh, yeah. And that's going to happen. So I kind of like that. And I, I mean, in my opinion, this movie was not about Shang-Chi. Oh, absolutely not. It was about the father and it was about the sister. I can see that because I was watching it with my friend and we turned to each other and I'm like, wow, she has been shot down by everyone in this film. Like she was in the no shadows, love, right. no love. You see it in the sense like her origin, watching her brother being trained. No one's teaching her, but she takes the spearhead and starts training herself. Yep. And no one knows what she's doing. It's just like. That mentality of women should be seen and not heard and they should not pick up a weapon. You know, they're all for domestic, what have you. But you see her being a badass herself. Even before then, the mother was uh, cradling Shang-Chi's character. Right. We're watching there and I'm like, wow, she is just being ran over. No one cares about her. So I can see that being like her taking over ownership. It's just that fact that she doesn't show up until later in the film. But you're right. He doesn't feel as important as a character, even though he's the central character. That's the feeling you get. And then again, the father, the Mandarin, is a tragic story because he gave up everything for his true love. Granted, he was a bad guy to start with. He was a bad guy. No, no, you're right. But he gave up that life Mm -hmm. because he found love. He found a purpose to give up his conquering ways and all he's trying to do is to get her back even though it's misleading or he's mis- he's misled he's lied to it's not really her he's driven the- by that purpose of like finding his love again and kind of right. repairing that loss in his heart it's misguided am i wrong is that mis- is that influenced by the rings yes and no so in the movie the he chooses to put the rings back on because of the loss right. of his wife and he seeks to revenge and he seeks that he's like i was weak because I didn't have my rings. Because of that, I couldn't protect the things I want. So I'm going to never be weak again. It became a crutch and it became something that, it, you know, he fell back onto his old ways, affected him in that way. It's like a coping mechanism that he withdrew into. Kind of like drinking in that sense. It became like an addiction. That's how it was at the beginning. And then when he found her, he's like, he's like, I have a better purpose. And then he mm-hmm. fell back into his addiction, basically, which mm-hmm. was the power. Technically, it was the Dweller in Darkness, the big bad at the end, that was using the rings as a way to communicate to him. Right, because he had the power and he could help. He's the one that could release. Exactly. Right. He was strong enough. I do like that they went with the bracelets as the rings instead of the actual rings in the comics, whereas on, on the thumbs and the fingers. It looks better. And it also goes and ties in with... Shang-Chi's original look where he had gauntlets on his arm. So yeah. you put them all together, it looks like one solid piece. So that was kind of cool. I do appreciate that. It does kind of handicap the abilities of what was originally in the comics because in the comics it was like very OP, like for the Mandarin's rings. Mm-hmm. So like right. what he could do that, here is more limited. But it was more like Thanos, the stones. In so the comics, well, yes. Well, also in the, in the MCU, they don't want to repeat the same thing true that it can do so it's like would not make any sense to do that i will say this don't hold me to this as a fact but this is a fan theory i heard and i gotta give credit to where credit's due. It's from another youtuber rob from comic explained also geek culture explained he mm-hmm. said he suspects that these are rings from king no king the conqueror because again these are the the credit scenes that we're talking about dr banner has no idea what they are captain marvel has access to the Kree database. They have no idea what that is. Over a thousand years old. Exactly. Wong doesn't know anything mystic-wise that would be connected to it. And Dr. Banner, if anything, they all confirm that it's sending a signal. It's working as a beacon. Could it be a beacon for Galactus? Well, that's the other thing. So, like, one person, uh, like, he he did go over some other theories, but uh, the Kang theory was a little bit more, sounded more sound because of the technology of the rings. But, but also... Yeah, considering also the, the dweller in the darkness theory that could also work for galactus now talking about banner we see banner in his human natural form i noticed this but this is what i'm thinking because also miss marvel had long hair again her hair was not short like it was in endgame so i'm thinking this is what happened it was a last minute thing to do that scene and i know mark R- uh, ruffalo hates the gear up even though he loves playing the character he hates putting on the suit, put on the helmet with the big thing, catch his facial expressions. He shared this time and time again. So I'm thinking that he just said, 
let me just do this. Let me be normal. I'll wear the brace. My arm is still effed up. I mean, it's possible. I, that's why I think of it because it was just a, a short scene and all you had to do was stand there. You didn't have to get all you know, yeah. geared up. Maybe they just say, you know what? We'll make it work. They, it's not going to be a big deal for the main audience. But also, it's like his arm was, even though it was messed up, it's still normal size. Mm-hmm. As Professor Hulk, it was not normal size for the Hulk. It's deteriorated and smaller. I could be wrong. They could whatever. And same thing with Carol Danvers. She's like, I don't want to wear a wig. Can I just do this without, you know, just put the suit on and I'll just do this? That's my theory on that. Speaking of Banner, we have to talk about the Easter egg that was given in the trailer. Oh, Abomination. Abomination. Yes. And we know definitively it is Abomination now. We heard his name. He's referred to as Blonsky. Mm-hmm. Um, there is well, actually not, Blon- not Blonsky, but his other his first name. That's what Wong calls him. But. Either way. And, and you know what's sad about that, though, is I was hoping more for that fight scene, though. Right. It was so like short. He, he knocks himself out. Like he's, yeah. Be, you know, he's like, he's I mean, like, try not to hit me so hard next time. And that, that was the other thing. Right. It looked like he was training Abomination. Well, no, I think they were doing, well, it's a fight on bets, right? Say they bet, they bet on Abomination 10 to 1 mm-hmm. and Wong is 2 to 1 or vice versa. If Wong wins, Jackpot will be bigger. Because why? Because Abomination is freaking huge. True. It's a threat. And it also calls back to Hawk and Thor in Ragnarok. Yes, it does. But the reason why I, th- I think it's training is because, one, after the fight, they have that moment where they're still talking, they're socializing, oh, Wong's yeah. giving him tea, and you can see him, he, he brings him into the Sanctum Sanctorum, and the way he's talking to him is about, like, control your hits next time, and they're talking to, uh, about that, so I'm like, okay, this sounds like that, because I got the vibe, I'm like, what if we're going to get, like, a because remember, the Defenders is what we saw on Netflix, but the traditional Defenders in the comics was, like, a rolling roster of heroes, ragtag characters, some big, some small, and they were usually hosted. In most instances, it was an unofficial team, but it was usually brought together by Doctor Strange. Right, but the thing is, Abomination was never on the good side. I don't believe. I Exactly. But he could be part of the Thunderbolts. Mm-hmm. And that was what I was thinking. I was like, what if he's like kind of like the Thunderbolts where they turn like characters like the Red Hulk into a good guy and so forth like that? What if they flipped Abomination and they use them for... Defenders or something like that, led by Wong. But we'll find out what that relationship is. They'll probably find out in a, either in a one shot or in Spider Man's. Uh, Maybe Doctor Strange too. The Multiverse of Madness. Maybe. Mm-hmm. But obviously there was a relationship, and he's gonna be back. Abomination, that is. He's gonna be back in the She Hulk series. Yes. So we'll see that, and I'm probably we'll get more information on that as well. And I liked his character design because it was very true to how it is in the comics, more, more so. so. Yeah, more, yeah. more than the Ed Norton's version, right? Mm-hmm. Let's talk about some of the stuff that we didn't like. Sure. You can go ahead with that. For all the things I liked, oddly enough, when they got more into, I didn't mind them going to the fantasy reality, but when they got more into like the supernatural aspect of their fighting techniques and more so that even I could have even forgave that the final scene with the big boss the dweller in darkness it took away the intensity from the father and basically what was beautiful hand-to-hand combat in a lot of scenes even when they added some special effects was drowned out by like giant monsters trying to it was the Godzilla effect when you have something so massive and then it looks like they're trying to cover up some of the effects by like having scenery and like waves and stuff crash into each other. So it looks like a storm because then you don't have to see as much details from everything else. It feels out of place. It just took away. It was again, that add on was not needed. I would like to have seen the father go even even more crazy in a sense, his obsession to find his wife that he just loses it altogether. And he's just taking like he's, you know, Taking down the the village, like I can see that. Since he can't have his wife and can't be happy, no one can no be one happy. Can be happy. Mm-hmm. That'd have been awesome. And then Shang Chi really has to stop it. Or I, and I like that. I do like that idea. Actually, the the other thing is if they are gonna still do the Dweller in Darkness, take away the Soul Eaters, those little things that fly around. Take that out. Make it so that the father releases the Dweller in Darkness. But then he realizes, but unlike the when he realizes in the actual movie here, and he just gives up his rings, he actually is the one that kills the Dweller in Darkness but dies in the process. Well, he sacrificed himself. He, sacri- he kind of sacrificed himself, but he could have gotten out of it. He had the rings. He had half of the rings. Did he have half? Yeah, because Shang had the other half. I think he could have got out. Because both, both sets was enough to destroy the Dweller in Darkness, apparently. 
So they're super strong. Dweller of Darkness, the, his its minions, the little things, it kind of remind me of uh, Wizard of Oz. Mm. The, flying the flying monkeys. What's funny though, I, I will say this. When I saw the drawings of the Dweller in Darkness before they actually released it, I was like, no way, because I thought they were talking about Noel the symbiote god, who was an enemy of the, the Celestials mm. in, the, in the comics. Which would tie in the, which would tie in the For the Eternals. Eternals. And I was like, ooh, ooh, I got so excited. And then they released it. I'm like, oh, no. My imagination got away from me because he is a badass character. I mean, granted, oh, he's a more you, Venom character. But you know that the general of that town, he was in Kung Fu Hustle. Yes. And he also worked with he also worked with Bruce Lee. I think in Return of the Dragon or Fist of Fury. One of you know, like the Oh, another thing like what bothered me was the underuse of Death Dealer. He got taken out like Oh, that's that's the other reason why you didn't like the uh, the little soul takers. He got murked quick. Real quick, I was like, wait a minute, he's one that he's the one that trained all the soldiers. He trained Shang-Chi. He was the top guy. And then the one who gets past him is Razor, Razor Fist. The big brute. Yeah, yeah, he's the guy from Creed. You know, he played um, Ivan Drago's son. His look, which is pretty menacing, you know, his big guy. And his voice was so soft. Yeah. The voice did not match his appearance, his stature. You would think it would be a little more... It didn't uh, match raspy. the car, though. The car was dope. But it was like, <laughs> That's his car. <laughs> Small ass car, by the way, for a big dude. That's why I say it was appropriate. You're advertising. Hi, I'm Razor Fist. Because it's the whole car. I think that was kind of cheesy. I think, I don't know why they did that. That was more humor. For a, a henchman of a secret organization. You're going to have that? You yep. Know? But the death dealer, like, he was awesome. When he fought Shang-Chi in the, the building, that was one of the best fight scenes there. And he was just so cool. He was the Boba Fett of the original trilogy. Where yeah. badass, you see that as a badass, but then gets taken out relatively easily speaking of which that does remind me like in the comics like you you would know this more than i would he was a more pivotal character in the comics like more threatening right yeah because he was really like the father figure of shang chi because the father was out away doing his you know trying to conquer the world what have you so he spent a lot of time or shang chi and death dealer spent a lot of time together to train and then he was sent to kill shang chi mm-hmm so that's hard. It's like the person who raised you essentially is now is now trying to kill you. When you say it like that, that's an interesting dynamic that they did not touch on at all. And they made it more like he's like, I'm willing to kill this guy because he he beat me into training. But that's that, that's, that's actually that's actually a good thing. That like that's like ten to fifteen minutes they could have cut from the end to put more of a dynamic storyline between him and death dealer and uh, like they could interject those uh, scenes and we would have been like wow there's like an issue with him and his father and his father's trying to rescue his mother i get that technically he has a surrogate father that is also hired to kill him whenever his true father tells him to there's a lot of things that could have been done it's almost like they did taskmaster in the sense that like it's a cool character it's a cool concept and it's a uh, potentially great character to have as like opposing your your hero, but it was just never utilized properly. A great side character not used to its potential. Yeah. I mean, I would like to have seen Razor Fist get taken out. In comparison? Yeah. I thought Razor Fist was going to go. Yeah, I mean, it, it would make more sense because, again, the guys on martial arts, he, he could have teamed up with Michelle Yell's character and they would have just formed a circle or form, you know, back to back and then taken out all those flying monkey kind of things, whatever they are. He is such a cool-looking character. That's the thing. And and Razor Fist is not a cool-looking character. All he has is a freaking... Razor for a fist. That's it. That's all oh, he has. And he, t- he took one of those spears. Yeah, and made it into his... his... His new Razor. But actually, I would have been like, that's fire if they did a scene where it was like Hero. I love Hero. That's one of my mm-hmm. favorite... In comparison to those movies that came out around that time, Crouching Tiger, Hidden Dragon, Flying House of Flying Daggers, Hero is my favorite. I know a lot of people will argue about the other ones. But I like Hero because... No, Hero, Hero's legit. It, it is legit. And I, it's just like literally every story was a different art style in their fighting and how they did their, you know... What I'm getting at is there's like a scene where... Isn't there a scene like where they're shooting arrows? And in Hero, he's like just like yeah. using his weapon and he's it's, like it's dodging all the arrows. He's hitting all the arrows away. And mm-hmm. also there's the other scene where they're fighting and it's almost like slow motion with the water in the rain and they're cutting through the rain. Yeah, so do an IMDB of Hero. Yep. And go to the cast. And I believe that you'll recognize someone. Mm-hmm. All right. I got my list of actors. Do you recognize one of them? It's Broken Sword. He was the one right. with, he was the one with the uh, calligraphy. Right. But he's in this. Yes, I know. 
That's what I'm saying. It's like, you know, you have, like in this movie, you which is like the Easter eggs on that, you have the style, like you're saying, because there was Arrow shot and all that stuff. It was like influence of Hero, and you have you have him in from that movie. You have the rings, like Hungar, and you have the general who is in Hollywood, uh, not Hollywood Shuffle, Kung Fu Hustle. <laughs> that would have been, that been hilarious. But no, but I'm saying, like he's in, you know, like I said, Kung Fu Hustle. So you have that tie-in. Yeah. And they have Michelle Yao, who is in almost all, not the almost all, but like a lot of martial art films. She did films with Jackie Chan. She played Wing Chun. And she was also in Tai Chi Master with Jet Li. So she's doing the Tai Chi movements. I would have loved her doing Wing Chun. It would have been great. Yeah, it would have made more sense, though. You know, it would have been nice. Been nice. I did like the fact they spoke Chinese. Yes. Here's one of my couple of my nitpicks. We already talked some of the stuff that we didn't like, but the nitpicks. So the Mandarin is wearing white when he goes to the flashback when he finds the white. And they go into the Kun Lao, uh, Kun Lun, excuse me, which is really, you know, that part's like more like Iron Fist when they opens up once a year to the public. They pretty much stole from Iron Fist with that storyline. The fact that his mother is the guardian of the the entryway to the uh, like a mystical kingdom that's a temple, like, I'm like, dude, that's Iron Fist all the way. How is that Iron Fist? It was a guy who was a protector, not a female. And his it, parents died. If you exclude the gender, it's still you have. There's always a protector of the uh, the hidden you know area of a mystical land, uh, guarded by a guardian that's gifted powers to become the guardian. And there's a dragon, and they get the powers from the dragon. You know what's kind of weird about those or crappy about the Iron Fist, like how he got the powers. It was like, I mean, in the comic books, it wasn't martial arts. He choked the dragon out, and he got it printed in his chest. I was like, that's that's how you beat him. You didn't do martial arts. You didn't no. Oh, no, okay. but that's why Shang Chi is. A better martial artist in the comics too. <laughs> well, but let's go back to your your net picks. He's wearing white. They're in the jeep, and the trees are closing and trying to swallow them up. Trees are alive. He escapes. He lands on dirt, gravel, the cliff. Yeah, so his clothes are still white, not dirty at all. Uh, for me, I gotta see some kind of realism. You gotta make it real, you know. If you're gonna, f- that's a James Bond moment right there, my man. <laughs> it's uh, like even James, he, even James Bond gets dirty. He goes like this, wipes off this, hits the thing, and, and then he's completely clean a moment later. Granted, he did the gesture. This guy didn't. He just rolled around and got up, and he's all still white, like not even a scratch. They did get him but wet though. He should be dirty too, because I mean the water's still a little dirty. Those are some nice clothes to get dirty, man. Even when he fights the girl, his wife, he gets hit to the ground and he comes up as like not even a, a knee mark on his I was like so like kinda like that a nitpick <laughs> me. Here here's another nitpick. Apparently Shang Chi is twenty four. He's really young because he left at fourteen. Yeah, and it was like gone for ten years. So here's the thing. You're raised up okay. He wasn't raised by anybody. He was by himself. Yeah. He was living at home. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we saw that they're pretty much speaking in Chinese, which yeah. is awesome. But as he's growing up, very little English, even though he was Supposed to, you know, they're trained to speak multiple languages. I think it was like he knew like five languages. I think. I think they commented on that too. So he's fourteen. So pretty much the whole time he's speaking Chinese. Yeah, he'll speak English here once in a while, maybe another language here and there. But he leaves and goes to the U.S. Lives there for ten years. You mean to tell me he has no accent? He pulled a Scarlet Joe. That would make more sense if they were going for the the aspect that like he was truly trained, like in the original Songji, truly trained to be an assassin to blend that. in. Like Assassin's Creed style, just like he'll go in, blend in with the shadows, blend in with the culture, get in there and get out. And then you could be like, okay, I can give you that then. But I see where you're coming from. They didn't do that. <laughs> Everyone else has an accent. Mm-hmm. I think the sister had an accent too, if I'm not mistaken. I think she had an accent as well. I mean... I would have to rewatch it. I feel like she didn't yeah. have much of one. Yeah, I'm trying to remember too. I don't think she had a, much of an accent. But I'm just saying, it's like you would think that... In your home, I mean, unless like like ScarJo and the Black Widow, she hated her Russian life that she refused to ever do it, even though everyone else around her is speaking with a Russian accent. And we have here mm-hmm. we have the a Chinese accent. She doesn't pick I up mean, anything just, back of that accent again. Another nitpick, the bus, though. I'm sorry. If you're kicking two people that's a side of you, but you're kicking forward, they don't fall back. You don't hit them. I'm sorry. I know what you're talking about. The split, the split kick. kick. It looks good though. But all he does is like, you know, he just kicks like like right there. He doesn't kick back or anything like that. Or the side of their heads, which would be even more badass. Like you saw their heads get hit and smash into the windows. That would have been awesome. It was still a cool looking kick. <laughs> okay. Also, 
again to go with Wing Chun and they were saying that he learned Wing Chun. That would have been a great uh, scene for Wing Chun, though. The it would have been awesome because the bus is so small, right? You, that would have been perfect with for space it. Around. Yes, you can't do all that. Wing Chun is meant for close combat, but he does, you know, the little shoulder, like the little, and he poses. He does the now what we see from uh, Neo in the Matrix Four. He does the same thing. Wing Chun doesn't do that. Wing Chun is this. Their palms are usually for the camera. The palms are usually, you know, towards you. That or is like, you know, here, here or, or palms Elbow, are towards elbows the in. Here's the thing: like for those who are also not informed, Bruce Lee founding style was Wing Chun, and then he adapted. Didn't he learn Wing Chun first, or that was his main? Right, that, that, my, that was his. I'm yeah. sorry, yes. His founding style was Jeet Kune Do. Oh, the, well, uh, yeah, that's what I mean to say. Uh, he started Jeet Kune Do, but he learned Wing Chun. Oh, yeah, he learned it for, he studied for five years. Exactly. From 13 to 18. But prior to that, he learned Tai Chi from his father. Mm -hmm. He used to train with his father. And he also was in boxing. He did a little boxing in the school. Okay. But yes, he, I want to I not say he mastered the art because I'm not sure. I'm not sure if he actually attained. You can Master. see aspects of it in his, even in Jiku Do, you can see aspects no, of Wing Chun no, there. No, of course, but I'm just saying, I'm not sure if he's actually a master. He ever, I don't know if he ever attained yeah. master uh, level of Wing Chun. He just devoted his life to it or yep. his study to it in that, in that time for five years. Now, that's a funny story, too. We can do that for another time of how that came about. And then he learned later on, he adapted Wing Chun fencing, Savate which is French, and boxing was the main core for his Jikundo. Now, his Jikundo is not everyone else's. It was a philosophy. It was a concept. It wasn't necessarily a... A rigid style. Yeah, he didn't believe in that anymore. Use whatever you can to win a fight, meaning that if you're about to fight someone and the person has is empty-handed, but you see a, a chair next you, to you. Use the chair. End the situation as quick as possible. That was his thought. And then later on, he learned how to, you know, kicks. He learned kicks from um, Taekwondo Grandmaster uh, Jun Ri, who no longer with mm -hmm. us. You know, he learned an Nunchaku Dana Santo, who was his top students at the time. He also trained with, like, Chuck Norris and, like, for the... Well, he trained, well, he... Yeah, Not all the time, he, but, like, but partially. In. Well, no, like, he, he, they trained together and, like, he gave with other top fighters and he helped improve the sidekick not bill superfoot no 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 that was uh, joe lewis joe oh, okay lewis. bruce lee helped him better his his sidekick when he did like tournament fighting but anyway what were we talking about we were talking <laughs> about the the, the combat and the close com combat oh, and yeah, it, so because like even like bruce lee like when you were seeing that style and the wing chun and so forth like he, he doesn't overextend unless it's like for theatrics right. like he keeps things very close perfect example of wing of him using Wing Chun is in Enter the Dragon against Ohada, Bob Wall. Yes, that's a great example. When they, when they line up. That's what I was and, thinking of, yeah. And then he does the Lap Sao and then like the rolling back fist and knocks down Bob Wall. So though that scene is is Wing Chun. Then it varies a little bit when he does his backflip and does his sidekick, but in that beginning first exchanges is Wing Chun. Another example of Wing Chun with Bruce Lee is Enter the Dragon when he's trying to get into the elevator and he can't open the doors after he sounds the alarm. Mm -hmm. He turns around and his people coming at him. You see him, he's just like, does a little spin here and there. But the first few techniques he's doing is Wing Chun when he's fighting off the, the attackers. And then he turns around when the elevator opens up and he sees like a bunch of people chasing him. That's when he runs out. I love seeing Wing Chun on the silver screen when it's done right. And because it was done right, it's beautiful to see. Now, a movie that shows a lot of Wing Chun that's American, Big Trouble in Little China. Yeah. <laughs> we've been, talk we've been talking about that a lot lately off camera. And damn, we've got to do a review on it because that's one of my favorite movies. And when I saw it before I started doing Wing Chun, after I started studying and I saw it again, I was like, oh my God, that's Wing Chun. And I was like, so much. Of course, there's other martial arts mm -hmm. involved, but you see it and it's done very well. And then you have, like I said, Earlier, the Donnie Yen films, which is yeah. amazing, especially the first one. And then the Michelle Yao. But that was a little more like... Which, oddly enough, Michelle Yao had Donnie Yen in that film, if I remember correctly. Yes, yes. In Wing Chun, which is full circle. Right. <laughs> also, you have Prodigal Son, starring Yen Biao. And that's a perfect display of Wing Chun, as well as um, Warriors 2. That's also by Sama Hung. And Sama Hung was the uh, choreographer for Warriors 2 and for The Prodigal Son. And I want to say It Man as well. Anyway. All right. I think that we, I think we've shared enough on our thoughts on this. <laughs> we, we pretty much covered uh, 
the, yes. everything and a little bit more than what we thought we were going to cover. Let's give our ratings on this. I'll go okay. first. I would definitely say this is, is clearance. I, I'm willing to wait. Like, I'm not going to get it as soon as it comes out, but I would get this if it was on a little bit of a sale, like maybe Black Friday, and then Black add Friday. it to my collection. I would purchase this, mm-hmm. uh, sale or clearance. Reason being, I am a, f- a huge fan of Shang-Chi. Yes, you are. I do like the fighting styles in here. I do like the choreography. I do like how Aquafina is portrayed in it. How she, even though she's not doing anything necessarily new, but I I do like that. And Trevor, the actor, <laughs> he's awesome. Ben Kingsley rocks it as that character. It's the, the flying monkeys. Uh-huh. <laughs> when he's in the car, he's like, I remember watching Wizard of Oz. Oh, they yeah. had the oh, monkeys yeah. with the wings. He's like, if, no, they, but, if they could but, train but, those monkeys. No, was it was it was it Wizard of Oz or was he talking about Planet of the Apes? Because oh like, no, you know, it was Planet of the Apes. It was, it was. Sorry, it's right. the same thing to me. But he's like, if they could train it's those r- monkeys yeah. to ride the, those horses, mm-hmm. I could be an actor too. And I was like, wow, you just hit a whole new level, my man. It just shows how what a simpleton he was. Yes. Even uh, but then he gets his little fur, furry pigeon bear with no face. <laughs> yeah, that was so disturbing. I was like, I'm sorry, he just cracks me up. He was hysterical just from the moment he yeah, he came on into. Granted, I, like I glad I'm glad how they kept him alive because he was supposed to be dead. Yeah, a lot of people thought they just killed his character off, and he's like right. definitely alive. And what I like about that, in a sense, is kind of like how it was in Iron Man three, whereas you see him as this threatening character as the Mandarin and mm-hmm. then third act you find out he's just an actor the way he's coming out of the crapper being himself it's kind of like here because we didn't expect it we didn't expect it in Iron Man 3 and here we didn't expect him to be alive yeah I know we gave our reviews but final scene also reminded me of Black Panther the big battle scene but a lot of CGI like you mentioned kind of takes away oh because of the because they're in the cave and like you don't see the details as much of like what's happening with the fighting well not just that but you had the rhinos yeah right on the field and that was all CGI. And, you know, here you have the dragons. So I'm just saying, it's like you have two clans fighting, or there's multiple clans in Black Black Panther, but here it's like two clans. But again, big battle ensues. And it's, it's, it's getting kind of repetitive too, because you notice there's like an end game, uh, Civil War. But again, it's also in the comics too. We, there are big battles in the comics as well. And we've, we've said it, and we're probably beating a horse, but that's the one thing that they could have done here, which would be like draw the line to make it different. Bring it down. It doesn't have to be so grandiose. The fact that they just kept it down to ground, even if they had like a a little bit more of a CGA fight with him and his father, they kept it more grounded that way. Well, I think it would have hit home harder. Shang-Chi does not have any superpowers. He's just freaking honed and trained in the martial arts and he's so connected with his body. And that was the biggest thing in the comic too. That would have been awesome. Like say like, Okay, the Mandarin, he has powers. Okay, now how does Shang-Chi defeat that person that has the powers? Besides mm-hmm. of taking the rings. It would have been awesome is that he overcomes that obstacle. He's called the Deadly Hands of Kung Fu for a reason, not the Deadly Rings of Kung Fu. Exactly. It would have just been nice. Yeah, I, I agree with you in that sense. Like, when I went in, that was my anticipation. I wanted a character that would have been basically you take your guy from it man or like the raid like the your one guy who he's surrounded by everybody else that clearly has an advantage they have guns they have knives they have weapons in this case marvel they have powers and he just goes in and wrecks them all because he's that damn good that was the only other thing i had a quite like i had a little bit of issue about because i'm like man you're supposed to be like the best of the best of the best when it came to fighting styles and techniques and everything. Yet somehow everybody is still getting one up on you. You're getting what opens. His sister well, knocked him out. He gets knocked out by his auntie. Hence Iron Fist. Yes. Iron Fist got his ass whooped all the time. Even in the comics, he got his ass whooped. He beat people who were not on the same skill level. But if anyone was just almost on the same level, they got his ass beat. Mm-hmm. Shang-Chi never got his ass beat. He'll get he'll he did, well, he did get his ass beat a couple of times, but it was like they were on the same level. They came from the same school. They were trained the same oh. on them by this. Or they level. had some kind of superpower that was like just pushing them up a notch. But even at that, like they show in the comics, uh, for those who don't know, like he taught Spider-Man how to fight. Like he teaches them right. the way of the spider. And like even to this day, like there was a, a recent issue. You'll get to it where Spider-Man loses it and he has to fight Spider-Man. And he just without powers, he doesn't have the rings. He takes down Spider-Man. Using 
his natural techniques and his knowledge. And that's that's what's great about him. He is human through that's and through. Exactly right. Exactly right. No powers, no rings. He is his perfect weapon. He's the perfect <laughs> weapon. In my opinion, they missed that mark. I see what they were going for, which I'm okay with. But as a person that appreciates the old, uh, old school of it, and I know you do, that's a mark that they missed. They could have pushed it that much further. This is one of those discussions, like you could have an argument, like, listen, if it was him and Captain America and him and Captain America with Black Panther, he still walk out. Shang-Chi was that Whoa, guy. I don't, I don't know about Black Panther. No, no, there was a there was an issue in the in the uh, the comics where even Black Panther had to give respect to Shang-Chi. He's like, he's like, I know a lot and I could do a lot. And even with my abilities, I have to respect this man. Shang-Chi just, he's that character, like how Captain America is always respected by everybody for his leadership and his like always being on the right and uh, narrow area morality. People respect Shang-Chi for his fighting skills. He's that level. Sorry, but I'm going back. I know we gave our reviews. I know we're supposed to be done, but. We're on our rant stage right now. Yes. (laughs) Okay, so he left at 14 and the father says, I always knew where my children were. Yeah, he was always watching, like a right. stalker. He also blames his son for his wife's death. True. So you would think when you're angry like that, you will take out the responsibility on your son. Granted, his son was a lot younger when that happened, and then he left when he was a teenager. But you would be also feel, if your son left you like he did, like you'll feel the ultimate betrayal if your son leaves. And then he's no longer your son. You just go, he is now a target. He is a threat because... Shang-Chi knows everything about him. He's a threat. Yeah. Where the base is, the plans. You would think that he would have been hiding on the run for 10 years. Say they did the same thing they did with Ninja Assassin, where the ninja left the clan, but the master kept on sending assassins after him. I know what you're getting at. And like, yes, that scene, I always know where my children are. I felt like, oh, he's acting like the father from coming to America. He's like, I gave you 10 years to saw your wild oats. On the other sense, I get the, I got the other feeling that like, well, yeah, he let him go in a sense that there, but he always kept an eye on him because yes, he, he's a guy that knows my information. He's my, he's my son, but he, he's still like out there. He never came back. That is a betrayal. If you're taking the traumatic stress that the father's going through with the loss of the mother, dealing with the guilt of the son, being the one that he blames. And then, of course, you can see that being displayed onto the daughter. That's like uh, how some parents, when they're going through those kind of emotional things, they just let the kid run away. They don't bother uh, chasing after them because they just rather blame them and rather them be gone out of their lives. He may consider them as an enemy in, in that area, but that's also possibly why he didn't chase after him because he'd rather him out there than him with him. Okay, so here's a little plot. So Shang-Chi gets a, a postcard. Yeah. It's just a, dra- it's just a dragon. He thought it was and, his sister's. And, it, and we come to find out it was all by the Mandarin. So why did he send the henchmen after him? If he just, ha- all he had to do was wait for the sun to arrive. Because that postcard just set things in motion. They, there was no real logic to that. I noticed that too. I can understand maybe it if maybe, they needed maybe the, to push things forward. Still didn't make sense. Like, maybe he put the postcard and Shang-Chi was not reacting fast enough. So he says, well, screw it. Go get him. That would make more sense. But at the same token, they had the gem already. Do you see what I'm saying? Like They got it from him on the bus. Right. The Mandarin knew where the Darda was. So the henchman there, so the henchman there. Just to play devil's yeah. advocate, and one can make the argument that like he, he got one half of the gem. He's like, I'm halfway there, baby. We're putting the family back together. It's like, I'm going to get my wife. Let's put the kids back. I can for the, forgive them because I'm going to get my wife back. He was at that stage of like delusion too. It is a plot hole. It's one of those things like when you watch a James Bond movie, it's like, man, you would have won so many times over if you just got to the point. Still better than Black Widow. Um, <laughs> guys, that is our review. Please subscribe if you haven't already. Hit the like button and also leave a comment below if you agree or disagree of what we said. We would like to know. We look forward to reading them. Until next time, it is the next time. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Love you, bro. Love you too.